to have been there. We really did have a wonderful conversation. Oh. Fran was, um, well, anyway, I, I, have to, I, have, I have some notes because when I stand up, my brain sits down. <laughs> so I have these two pages, <laughs> 40 or 50, I think. I've lived a long, long time, so this, settle back, you know, good heavens. Let's see, boy, best seat in the house. I get to see your sweet faces. It is, I wish you could all see what I'm looking at right now. It's just that wonderful, um, the faces of recovery, I guess. So I have to, I'm going to go through a few things, and then I'll, these are just little parentheses, things that really don't have anything to do with my story, but just things that I like to share. And so I'm just looking at you, and I'm getting kind of, I asked for some Kleenexes, uh, because I always, at a moment like this, feel this word, and I didn't know how to express it. It's just this kind of, I don't know, it's an expectation and a gratitude, and uh, that's what I'm feeling now. And the word is glory. And I never knew, you know, I, I didn't know how to express it. I mean, I just can say it, well, glory, you know. And I asked a hearing-impaired member of Al-Anon, how do you sign glory? And she said that it's, it's, it's kind of a letting the feeling, you know, you just move your hands like this feeling that just comes over you. You had that kind of feeling, and it, you don't know where to, what to do with it, and then it just comes out your fingertips. And then you just clap your hands together and say, glory. And I thought, well, listen, if you're feeling what I'm feeling, have you already had an experience this weekend? I came expecting miracles, and I tell you, it's already been a wonderful experience. So if you haven't done, it's kind of early, and if you haven't done your exercises, your aerobics, you don't have to move, you don't have to move, but we could do this together. So we could just do it. Now remember, it starts at your feet, yeah, and it just works its way up, it's that feeling, we're feeling this, we're here together, and you don't know what to do with it, and you just clap your hands and say, Lord. And then you just sprinkle it all over everybody. <laughs> That's what I'm feeling. Oh, good. That's good. That's good. Oh, boy. I tell you. So, okay. <laughs> now, I, I, want to, um, I want to thank the committee. I want to thank uh, Buckwheat, who called me months ago. Who could resist a name like that? And when I heard that voice, and he said, ma'am, oh, we'd really just love to have you come on up. <laughs> and gave me the date, and I said in my best Yankee voice, I said, well, I'm so sorry, but that's the date I'm graduating from a master's program at Palm Beach Atlantic College, and I couldn't possibly be there. I have to wear my cap and gown, and I was thinking in my head, I would rather be with spouses and their spouses than any place else in the world. What am I thinking of? And finally I said, but we, I would love to come, and so here I am. I, I couldn't resist. This is where, this is where I want to be. I want to be with you all. So. And Fran picking me up, and oh, there have just been so many people. I had a wonderful tour. I was late last night at the meeting because um, Walt uh, W., who came from Washington, D.C., I believe, just to take me to the top of the mountain. We were at Kennesaw and on the top of the mountain last night, uh, and so I didn't get here for the opening of the meeting, but I did hear the speaker, and I was here for the Red Ball, for Railroad Bob, was that? Yes, yeah, so I wanted to thank my, my tour guide, Walt. Um, uh, who came from D.C. And, um, well, anyway, I guess I ought to start. That was just a warm-up. While well, I get, you know, I, I get kind of, oh, oh, I'm so glad to be here. And I have to quiet down and use my Al-Anon voice. <laughs> That's the voice I use at beginner's meetings. <laughs> so they'll know how serene I am. <laughs> so... Hello, my name is Jenny Hewitt, 
and I'm a grateful member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al-Anon. <laughs> that is so cute. Rhea gave a wonderful talk. I, I was so glad that I got to hear her share her experience, strength, and hope. I've also heard it said that I'm addicted to mood-altering, mind-changing men. <laughs> Could that be? And my home group is in Tequesta, Florida, and I love it dearly. And um, uh, it meets on Wednesday mornings, and I wouldn't miss it for anything, and it gives me great, uh, great support. Um, it's wonderful to look out here and... and um, and see Barbara, Barbara A. Piano Barb, we're in service together. Uh, we have served together. We are past servers now. Past? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice not to get those big brown envelopes in the mailbox. Okay, so now, all right. Well, now, as I say, what it was like, uh, what happened and what it's like now. Well, I was born a long, long time ago in 1934 B.C., <laughs> before computers. I don't understand them. I don't understand those things. Gee, have you ever talked to a gas tank? You know, everything beeps and rings and clicks and nowadays, you know, it's all, everything. Even the gas, when you fill up your car with gas and you turn away and that machine goes beep, 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 and I turn around and I say, what is it? What do you want now? And, I'm, and then I think, oh, I'm talking. <laughs> okay, so I was raised, as I said, uh, in a loving family. There was no alcoholism in my family. I was raised um, uh, to understand that I could understand anything. If you just gave me a problem, I could figure it out intellectually. I was also raised at a time when little girls were very quiet and very pleasant and very, you know, just little girls doing their little girl thing. And I, my mother was very kind and expressed all these things to me. As I said, she was from Gainesville, Georgia. Well, I would sit at her knee and learn all these things about what it was to be a woman. Because her, let's see, my great-grandmother went to Bernau, and my grandmother went to Bernau, and my mother went to Bernau in Gainesville, and my sister went to Bernau. And I went to Michigan State. But, but, but I would listen to these stories, and, and I would learn the things at my mother's knee about how I was going to go to high school, and then I'd go to college, and then I'd find somebody who would love me, and I would love him, and he would make me happy, and I would make him happy. And then we would be married, and we would go off into the sunset together after having had perfect children, you know. So I listened to all these things, and I, I call these things my mother's myths. Because later on, they caused a lot of mythery and a lot of misunderstanding because it didn't happen that way. Have any of you heard those things that were supposed to happen? And somehow it just didn't go that way. I couldn't figure that out. But I was on my path, finished high school, went off to Michigan State. Um, I knew God was in his heaven, um, but I was at Michigan State. And I minored in uh, philosophy. I learned a lot about the great philosophers of the world like Gandhi and Nietzsche. They all had good ideas. Jesus was good. Jesus was good. Aristotle, they were all good, you know. I, I just couldn't figure out which one was best. And if you heard it said that if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. <laughs> fall I did. Out on the dance floor after graduation in the arms of a handsome Dutch engineer. We were dancing, and he whispered those magic words to me. He said, I need you. <laughs> Don't tell me you love me. Tell me you need me. <laughs> and um, I could see his potential. You know, he had a few rough edges. A few 
rough edges, and what he really needed in his life was a good woman, me. <laughs> and so uh, we were married, and up the corporate ladder we went, or he went. I was behind him, pushing just as hard and as fast as I could. And um, we had two perfect children, and we moved to Europe, and we had a lot in common. We were both busy leading his life. <laughs> I was, I was going to be sure he was a success. <laughs> Princesses. You know that commercial for that juice and they go like this? You know, it was like, well, I could have had a life. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. It, it really, he was my higher power. He really was. And um, he, we were living in Europe. And, and of course, he would drink because, after all, he was European. And I thought everybody had uh, wine merchants that came to the house and that you had a wine cob and and you would buy the wine by half a barrel and put the order in and pretty soon a truck would pull up and these little trolls would, with these casts on their back would go down in the basement and put this stuff away and oh. I just thought everybody lived that way. I just, uh, we were in the fast lane. It was just part of our lives. I had a lot of gods at that time. Well, I had three. Money. Money was good because money would buy me stuff and stuff would make me happy. That was good. And um, money, sex, sex, oh, sex. Was, I was a married woman. Oh, how I love to just kind of look across the room at a cocktail party. <laughs> and do things, I mean, that was so bad, you know, but I don't know, I was crazier than a coot at that time. And um, I, oh, my pastor says, if you struggle with lust, just lower your eyes. I didn't think of that. I never thought. I was always, never thought to look. And uh, money, sex, power. Power was good. Power, be president of this or president of that. And I think part of that was that I wanted him to love me. And so I would learn another language or I would change the color of my hair or I would do something to make him love me because something was wrong. I mean, we were all walking around on eggshells. I thought it was because, and he told me this, that there was tremendous stress involved in his work and that he needed those martinis when he came in from the office, poor thing. And then we'd have wine with dinner. And then a good cognac after dinner with a good cigar would allow this poor man who was working so hard to just kind of relax in his chair and doze off. <laughs> he was passed out. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it if you told me. My higher power was passed out. And he was. He was my higher power. I acted like a, a tramp. We had to, you know, walk on those eggshells. Don't make your father angry. For 23 years, I was a translator in my family. Have any of you ever, ever acted as a translator? You know where you stand between the child and the other parent, and you're saying, oh, now, now, girls, your father isn't really angry. I mean, he will let you go out after you stay in for three months, but he, was, he, he does love you. He does love you. And then I would run downstairs, and I would say, now, darling, the girls will really get better grades. You know, it's just that they're... Always, always. I was the switchboard in the family. Everything had to come through me. It was, uh, well, I, I don't know what it was. It was, it was the way it is. It's a family disease. And it's, it, it was the way it was. Uh, years went by, and I'm hearing a ringing. Are you hearing a ringing? Is it better if I stand back here like this? Is that better? Somehow I'm hearing the ring. <laughs> it could be me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> I, have to, I have to check for things, you know, at this age. You're going, I'm not hearing the ring. <laughs> oh, well, okay, where was I? Let's see. Uh, so years went by, and uh, one time our daughters came to me, and they said, do you think Daddy's an alcoholic? Oh, I 
was shocked. <laughs> Why, I had seen days of wine and roses and lost weekend. I knew what alcoholics were. Why, for heaven's sake, they didn't speak six languages and have 2,000 employees. And besides, I'm a nice person. I would never have married an alcoholic. <laughs> so I had to explain to them, you know, he couldn't possibly be an alcoholic. Oh, I was, I was, um, well, anyway, as I say, I was doing just, just the best way I could, but he still was our higher power. You know our first tradition in Al-Anon, or in AA too, our common welfare should come first. Personal progress for the greatest number depends upon unity. And I don't know, but I've heard a lot of stories about alcoholism, and there doesn't seem to be much common welfare in the family or much unity. So we were doing the best we could, that's all, just doing the best we could. And um, I think, I think, I know darn good and well, who said, was it Mike that said last night about denial, 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 and what denial is? I was in total total denial. You, denial. Have you heard about the Al-Anon member that went to hell? And she was in there and she said, uh, I know I'm in hell, but it's not hot. It's not hot. <laughs> That's the way I was. I was, oh no, can't be happening. No, no, no. Oh. At Michigan, the parenthesis, at Michigan State, the senior year, we mounted a production of George Bernard Shaw's Caesar and Cleopatra. And guess who played Cleopatra? Queen of Denial. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, so, I, I just wanted to be happy. And I knew there was something wrong in the relationship. And if I could just figure out what it was, if I could just take away his anger, it wasn't directed at me, it wasn't a, a, a violence, it just the man was tense and angry, just like that. I don't suppose any of you have ever lived in a situation like that? No, no, no. <laughs> and I just knew I could find the secret, the secret thing that would do that. And um, our physical relationship began to suffer and, and um, well, anyway, I don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Get me alone, ask me afterwards. <laughs> it's all part of it. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But I just figured that, doggone it, my unhappiness was too great to be lessened. I just, there's no way you could do it. And my emotions were going crazy. I would slam cupboard doors. You've never slammed cupboard doors, have you? Kitchen cupboard doors, stormed down the hall to your room, slammed your bedroom door, thrown yourself on the bed, sobbing, 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 clutching your pillow, waiting for the door to open. And for that voice, not just any voice, but his voice to say, Oh, beloved, I was wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> you up and hold you close to his heaving chest. Oh, I waited, I waited, I waited. I waited 23 years. My pillow was always damp. The door never opened. He never, he never came in. But I, I just, what's that? There's a country song. Maybe you all have heard it. I've got tears in my ears from lying on my back on my bed crying over you. <laughs> I always had tears in my ears. So, but I knew, I knew enough about God to know that God, I knew God loved me and that God didn't want me to be so un, not unhappy, ill at ease. I was in dis-ease and I didn't know it and I knew that this wasn't something that God wanted for me and I knew I couldn't divorce. Remember all those southern women, they were behind me, you know, all those generations and I had a few Yankees up in Philadelphia too, those generations and nobody had ever, ever, ever divorced in our family. 
Murder was a possibility. <laughs> We'd be out there sailing on the North Sea, you know. He loved to sail. The Dutch loved to sail. The whole country's underwater. They have to sail. I mean, there's no country. It's all underwater. So, and he knew all about it. I didn't know much about it. I could pull up the anchor. That was my job, pulling up the anchor. And he would be leaping about. It'd be just the two of us on the boat, you know. And uh, he'd be pulling, tightening winches or wrenches or whatever you do on boats and raising sails. And I'd be sitting on that boat and I'd be counting my resentments. Ooh, how unhappy he was making me. If he would just change, I could be happy. I was unhappy because of this man. There were my problems right there, right there. And I'd look out on that horizon and there wouldn't be another boat in sight. And I would think, oh, how easy it would be. Just a little, oh, 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 look, you've fallen overboard. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look, you're all wet. Oh, oh, is it cold? Are you cold down there? Oh, would you, would you like me to sail back for you? Just how do I do that, you know? And then I'd sail off. Sail off into happiness. And there he'd be. It'd be quick. It'd be, you know, clean, neat. It's over. It's over. And I thought that that, I thought that, that would take care of all, my, of all my unhappiness. Sure, sure. I know now that, that throughout all of this insanity, this child of God was in the throes of a disease, a terminal disease, and that he was loving me just as Mike spoke last night about his father. He was loving me the best way he knew how, and it wasn't enough. And, but I didn't know that at that time. I just knew that he was making me very unhappy. And um, I've learned a new, different version of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept you just as you are. The courage to change myself and the wisdom to know that is all I can do. I can't change another human being. God can, but I didn't see it then and it wasn't enough. And so I would think, well, I'll go. No, I'll stay. No, I'll go. No, I'll stay. Any of you ever struggled with a decision like that for years? Years! Years would go by. I'll go. I'll stay. I'll go. I'll stay. And uh, finally, he lost his job. It is, you know, the disease. I mean, these things happen. And he, well, he told me it was a family company, and so it was a political situation, and I believed him. And we moved back to Florida. And, uh, well, not, well. So there we were in Florida. And um, it wasn't getting any better. And at one time, I made a, a trip to um, a place called Yeehaw Junction in Florida. And I was looking into the bottom of my coffee cup, and I heard a voice, and it said, You can leave now. And there was a peace that came over me. Have any of you ever had to make a big decision? And then finally, you make it right or wrong. You make that decision, and there is a sense, all right, there's a sense of peace. This is, what, this is what I'm going to do. And so I did. And I packed up my cosmetics and my lingerie <laughs> and my character defects. Oh, I hadn't changed. And I moved them into a little bachelorette apartment in Palm Beach. And I thought, right, now he's out of my life. The source of my unhappiness is gone, and I'm going to be happy forever and ever. And I joined all the right church. I joined the right church. Oh, yes. And I, I, I uh, supported the right charities, and I had the right friends. 
And I thought, I'm just, all I have to do now is go on with Mother's Myths and find somebody who would love me, and I could love, and he would make me happy, and I would make him happy. And so I went looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell you where I looked, but, uh, but I did. And on one of those trips, I had gone to Europe, and I was coming home, and I was sitting in Palm Beach International Airport. And... Um, and I looked over, well, God shone his grace upon me at that moment in Palm Beach International Airport. The man who was to meet me was late, he was so there, I was just sitting, have you ever done that? And you know, you're in a, I don't know, bus station, hospital room, airport, and you're watching people go by and you think, I wonder if he's a good father or if those children are happy or she looks like she could be a nurse or, and I looked over in the corner and there was one great big man Oh, the most gorgeous thing I'd ever seen, being hugged by two other big men, you know, welcome, oh, so happy, you know, and I looked at him, I thought, he is the cutest thing I have ever seen. And then I thought, I, I'll bet he's married or homosexual. I mean, what are your chances, you know? At a, what are your chances? That cute? Oh, he couldn't have escaped this long. And do you know he came over to me? He says, I, there are three stories. <laughs> Bill's story, my story, and the truth. <laughs> he says I was blowing kisses at him. I was not. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't. So anyway, he came over, and this big handsome man, and he leaned down, and he looked into my face, and he said, haven't I met you somewhere before? Oh, I thought, Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. You know? But then he said, and if you ever want to meet anybody, try this. He said, aren't you in a prayer group in the north of the county? I thought, prayer group, prayer group. That's got to have something to do with church, so he's probably not a serial killer. <laughs> so I engaged him in conversation and uh, had time to give him my business card. And... Um, and then along came my escort. But that man called me. Bill Hewitt called me on the telephone some weeks later, and I invited him to my apartment. And I invited him for dinner, and then we were to go to the symphony. Well, you can bet that table was perfect. Did I tell you I was perfect for the first half century of my life? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Everything was perfect. I had the candles, and I had the wine glasses, and this big man stepped into the to my little apartment and uh, he looked at that table and he said, now Jenny, he said, there's something I want to tell you. He said, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I don't drink. I thought, alcoholic? Alcoholic? I'm alone here in my apartment. I'm going to be attacked. I'm going to be attacked. And then without missing a, without missing a beat, my next thought was, doesn't drink? Well, he can't be any fun. Now, where was my mind in all this? No clue, no clue, no clue. And so we had a wonderful time that evening, and we began to date. And I just was charmed by this man. And he said, um, he, at one point he said, now Jenny, he said, um, I'm going to be telling my story at an AA, uh, not at an AA clubhouse, at a clubhouse. I'll be telling my AA story at a clubhouse, and I'd like you to come hear it. And um, he said, there'll be a group there, you know, and I thought, whoa, well, okay, there'll be other alcoholics, but he's big, he can protect me. So, okay, I said, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so, I went, and uh, we walked into a room just like this, people just like we are right now, 
And I was looking around and I was thinking, okay, now, where are the alcoholics? Yeah. Uh, uh, where are they? I thought, whoa, I know, the doors, these doors are going to open. And there, they'll be there, you know, lying on their cots with tubes coming out of every orifice. <laughs> I was just sure, I was just sure. And it didn't go like that. And Bill went up to the podium and he began to tell his story. And he began to say things I've never heard. I mean, he talked about things I've never talked about in my family. If I, if, if I think about it, we didn't talk about much in my family, but I mean, I'd never say these things. And he'd say things like, oh yeah, yeah, I was the healthiest looking drunk in the Canary Islands, because every day I'd go down to the beach. Some days I'd pass out face down, and some days face up, ha ha. And everybody was going, ha ha ha, you know, ha ha. I've done that, and I was, oh, and then I began to get into the spirit of this. And I began to feel something that I had not felt. Remember that best church I was attending? Or any church. I had never felt it. There was something in that room. I didn't know what it was. Now I know. It was non-judgmental love. It was acceptance. And I had never experienced that. All I knew was, when I walked out of that dingy, smoke-filled room, it was more church than church, and I wanted what was in those rooms and I wanted to come back with Bill and so um, we would date, we courted going to open AA meetings and I began to realize doggone you know Bill is the same at the end of the evening as he was at the beginning which was very different for the men I'd been dating <laughs> and I thought well if he's not going to change his mood or personality I'm not either I just stopped drinking don't know when it happened I just didn't and we went to these open AA meetings oh, if any of you uh, uh, are sitting there, you know, on your hip flask, or you've got uh, something in your truck, or you've got something in your refrigerator up in your room, you know, Al-Anon doesn't care. The only requirement for membership in Al-Anon is that there be a problem with alcohol in a family or friend. Are you bothered by somebody else's drinking? We don't care whether you drink or not. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, is she ever going to end? I want that Bloody Mary. Who cares? We don't care. You just keep coming on. Come in. Come in. We're not going to ask. And pretty soon you'll figure out which side of the hall you ought to be on or which room you ought to be in. We don't care. We're not going to ask you. So isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? So if you're ever thinking, oh, well, I'd go, but you know, they might ask me about, well, we're not going to ask you. Just come on in. Come on in and you'll find out where you belong. So uh, there I was. Um, I, I really, I can't get over how God could move in that airport. And why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he give me a gift? His grace. That was a, a grace is an undeserved gift. And there it was. And um, although we did have a lover's quarrel, I think I would tell because it wasn't all just perfect. I mean, after all, um, it, we did have a tremendous lover's quarrel. And at one time, the cars were backing out of the driveway, you know, who could get out of the driveway the fastest and all that stuff. I don't want to see you. And I found myself back in my room, on my bed, clutching another damp pillow. Oh, I tell you. And I couldn't understand this because I loved Bill. And I kept learning more about him. And he was so enthusiastic. He had that enthusiasm, which um, I understand it's in theus, it's God in you. And he had that about him. I asked him about that once. And he said, would you like to come to my church? And I thought, yeah, well, he's sweet and nice. I love him. I'll go to his church. So I went to his church, and we were driving along, you know, and, and uh, he said, now, Jenny, he said, there's something I want to tell you. He said, in, in my church, we clap our hands. 
whoa, I thought, tacky, tacky, make noise in church. I, know. I, I was at that church where, you know, you'd say, good morning, good morning. Then you'd fold your hands, and I personally would think about how naughty I'd been all week. <laughs> That's what I would think about. But, but he said, we clap our hands in our church, and then we got a little closer to church, and he said, and we don't use hymnals, you know. We, we flashed the lyrics up on the wall. Oh, I thought that was strange, although, although... I had always attended those churches, you know, where you go in and you're on the hymnal and it's number 148, and by the time I get to number 148, they're saying, Amen, and I never get to the song. I never know what page we're on. Well, we walked into this church and the sun was shining and people were walking up and down in the aisles and sure enough, the music started up on the walls, one lyric after the other. They're clapping their hands. And I left there and I thought, you mean this is supposed to be about joy? I'd never thought about that. And uh, I really liked that. So I had been going with Bill to his church, and then we had that lover's quarrel. And there I was, back in my bedroom. But at his church, I had heard about a personal relationship with God, not just this strange, you know, person who loved me but I couldn't talk to. At his church, they just talked right out loud, just talked right to him, you know. And I thought, whoa, so I'm going away. And I found myself praying in a different way than I'd ever prayed before. And I was, you know, I would start out with, well, God, you know, what are we, what are you going to do? And then it was, uh, what are we going to do? And, and, it, and it got down to, uh, to uh, uh, a personal name. I had given a personal name to my God. Now, I can't tell you his name, his first name, because it's not conference approved. <laughs> but his father's is. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyway, <laughs> so there I was. And uh, we were married, and, and I joined this church. Bill says he rescued me from the frozen chosen. <laughs> enjoyed having this um, this wonderful uh, personal relationship. This is so much fun. I'm just going I'm just going right on here. I, I just love it. I'm just having such a good time. Uh, oh, let's see. I don't, forget, don't let me forget to remind you about those teenage daughters that were so concerned about their father's drinking. So, um, yeah, we fought. And, and that was the night I recognized my unmanageability and just unzipped the zipper and invited my personal God in and zipped the zipper up and there he is. And if you see any light in me, it's him. And I know I am loved regardless. And my love doesn't come from people, places, or things. My love comes from that light that's in there. And as a result, I'll never be alone. Never am I ever alone. That really, that was a life-changing experience, I tell you. But it was as though I'd been sitting in the dark and I knew there was a power there, but I just didn't know what to do with it. So anyway, I had a personal God. Um, and so, that's right, that was the night when I let go. I did. I said, okay, if I'm not supposed to be with Bill Hewitt, I have you in my life, God, and uh, that's all right. And so I let go of Bill, uh, briefly. <laughs> <laughs> And so we were married. Isn't that amazing how that works out? I don't know. I don't know. And I could see his potential. He had real potential, you know. He, he needed me. <laughs> all, all he needed was a good woman, and that's me. And so I packed up my cosmetics and my lingerie, and I took him up to Tequesta. Now, I hadn't changed. I didn't have a 12-step program. I was going to his AA meeting, sitting next to him, 
The man had 22 years when I married him, now he's got 36, and I'd sit next to him in those AA meetings, so if something good was said, you know, I could say, oh, did you get that? Oh, yeah, let's write that down, you know. And the ladies from Al-Anon would come to me and say, Jenny, would you like to go to the meeting down the hall? We're having our Al-Anon. Oh, no, I'd say, I'm here with Bill. I was on that man right after we were married like a duck on a June bug. I knew what time he went to bed. I knew what time he got up. I knew what he ought to wear. I knew what he ought to say. I knew what he ought to give. I knew what he ought to do. I knew these things. I didn't have a clue as to who I was. No clue. I knew who I was as Margaret Nerving's daughter or Iris's sister or Clarissa and Julia's mother or Bill's wife. But who was Jenny? I don't think I would have known my favorite color. You could bet I knew his favorite color. And I knew his fears and his drives. I knew those things. <laughs> I thought I knew those things. I don't know if you ever wandered around in somebody else's head. It's dark in there. <laughs> I don't have a clue. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. What makes me think what they're thinking? And it's not about me. It's not my business. And if it's about me, listen, you know what you... I'm free to stand up here. Because what you think about me is not my business. It doesn't matter. I can't change it. That gives me such freedom. That's a parenthesis. It's not my business what you think of me. That gives me a lot of freedom. So, okay. Um, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I set out to make Bill a, a happy man. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, I don't want to forget to tell you, three months after I married Bill, my first husband walked into a meeting where Bill was sitting and picked up a white chip. You mean that had been the problem? I had not seen it. I had not seen it. Um, so, there it is. So, my smother love was pretty bad. <laughs> And it got so bad. How bad did it get? It got so bad. One day Bill said to me, you know, Jenny, he said, you ought to try those Al-Anon meetings. He said, those ladies need you. <laughs> yes, I knew I could do that. I could get over there. I knew they had problems. I could fix those problems three months. Serious problems? Probably um, six months, maybe. It might take that long. Never knew. Never knew. So, um, is this the time? Is this the time? Did I start at 11.30? I think I'm going to have to go very fast. No, we opened the meeting. I have about 10 minutes left. Okay, we're going to go fast. Okay, all right, all right. What was I thinking of? I was just having such a nice time with you. Time didn't matter. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Do we want to, let's see, I want to do that. Yeah, heavy responsibilities. Yeah, I came into Al-Anon. I went to that first meeting. They told me that there was a God, and it wasn't me. <laughs> I could put down all those people, places, and things I'd carried around. Um, I did the first three steps, which helped my head to clear up. I was very cloudy. I didn't know how to think, really. And I cleared up, and then the other steps, four through nine, helped me to clean up my life. And then 10, 11, and 12 helped me to grow up. And I remember the first time I got involved in service, and you said, would you bring the cookies to the meeting, you know? And I thought, bring the cookies? What kind of cookies? What? I said, well, what, what would you like? Where should I get these cookies? Do you want cookies with nuts? Do you, how much should I pay for these cookies? Does this group have a cookie platter? Have you got any doilies? They said, Jenny, will you just bring... So they trusted me. So, uh... 
They trusted me. And I watched those people in service. I watched those people in service. I watched to see what they were doing. You know how you watch? And I watched them. And I, that was my job, cookie bringer and then alternate group representative. And you know if you take that job, the group representative moves out of town. Automatic. Group representative, district representative, on, on, down, 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 the delegate, down, down, down. That's where Barbara and I served together. It was a wonderful experience. Now I'm serving on the International Coordination Committee at the World Service Office to talk about and assure Al-Anon's unity uh, worldwide. And that's a, a great pleasure. So let me go on. Uh, Al-Anon did not prove the existence of God to me, but simply my need for God. I need God. And I don't know if any of you are out there wobbling around on, on, in your program, but you know our logo is a triangle and it's three-legged. It's like a little milking stool. And I had to know, I had to learn about the steps and do them, the, 30, the 12 principles, the spiritual principle behind the steps. And I didn't want to stop there, so I went on to the tradition, which helped me, as I say, get along with people. That's all about relationships. Those are entirely different 12 principles. And then the concepts. And uh, again, I have 36 spiritual principles that I use in my program. So if anybody's wobbling around out there, talk to your sponsor. Tell them, tell her, him that you want to go through the traditions and the concepts and learn more. It's such a rich program. There's so much there. And um, so I've had a wonderful time. And as I say, service, um, I think it was Albert Schweitzer who said, only those among you who serve will ever be truly happy. And in my home group, I want to be a participant and not a guest. Um, so I want to serve. I could talk to you about breaking the buck barrier. Oh, one of my favorite topics. I'll just do a quick one. We're going to be 50 years old next year. And I was just sitting there putting the same dollar in the basket, and I thought, when is this group going to decide that we ought to put more money in the basket? What's the matter with this group? And I was lying in bed, and we had this statement of responsibility in Al-Anon and AA, let it begin with me. And I heard that, let it begin with me. And so in my home group, I put in $3, and at my pickup groups, $2. This is just what I do. No sense in me waiting for my group to do it. It's my choice. It's what I want to do um, to celebrate a little bit about the miracles of this program. So, all right, I want to tell you, and then uh, this, we're getting to the end. Um, I took my inventory, and you've heard of the three C's, didn't cause it, can't cure it, can't control it. I took my inventory, and I found, uh, by taking my inventory, that's an I, I found out who I was. I found my identity. And now I can draw boundaries, and I have integrity. And I remember the first time I drew a boundary. We were out on the patio. I cooked a fish dinner. I don't make much, you know, in the way of cooking. I make reservations. But this time, I had cooked a fish dinner. And we were sitting outside, and uh, I had called Bill to the table, and Bill cut into his fish, and I cut into mine. And I heard this voice, and, and it was his voice, you know. And it said, the fish is cold. The fish is cold? Right to my heart. The fish is cold? His fish is cold. Oh, I've done something wrong. His fish is cold. Oh, and I was just, I, this, it was such a shock. And now normally I would have jumped up and I would have said, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have done this. I should have done that. I've been shooting all over myself. Oh, I'll get you. Uh, here, give me the keys to the car. I'll go get another dinner. I'll warm it up. Eat mine. But now I'm in recovery, remember? And I'm beginning to think. And I remembered something I'd read in our magazine, the Forum magazine. And it said, don't just do something. Stand there. And I thought, okay, okay.
okay. And I didn't look at him. And I thought, all right, okay. So now uh, I'm not going to look at him. I'm not going to look at him. I'm just going to sit here and eat my fish. And I'm not going to look at him. And don't look at him. Don't look at him. His fish. He said his fish was cold. Okay, what was that? Is that a? Is that a? Is that a? Is that a? Is that a fact? No, that's not a fact. Well, what is it? It's an opinion. Oh, it's an opinion. That's about how my awakening came to me. You know, that was not a fact. His opinion is not a fact. This was new to me. You know. Oh my word. So his opinion. It's not. His fish is cold. Mine isn't. So I went on and I thought about the concepts and it says uh, the right of decision makes effective leadership possible. Who is the leader? Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Who's the leader? I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I cut the fish. I'm the leader. Okay. What was that other concept? That concept 10. Concept 10. Service responsibilities are carefully defined and double-headed management is to be avoided. Okay. This is double-headed management. I cook the fish. I'm the leader. It's my, his fish is cold. Mine isn't. So I turned to him and I did the al O and I said, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Have you ever used the Alanon O? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, you could be right. Oh, here's a good one. Oh, mm-hmm. That certainly bears thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like a glass of iced tea? Just get out of there. Don't get hooked. Don't get hooked. So, anyway, those are, uh, those are, are things I, I, uh, I had, I can't, okay, so now what is it like now? Well, um, years ago, Parkinson's syndrome knocked at the door of our house, and Parkinson's came in to live. And Bill is a Parkinsonian, and he thinks that's just fine, because so is Billy Graham and uh, the Pope, all the spiritual leaders, uh, I have Parkinson's. <laughs> so, um, uh, and uh, the years go by, and Bill's been in a wheelchair now, and, I, and uh, so I'm in a different passage in my life. Not only have I been a student, but now I'm a caregiver, and it's a passage, and I love him dearly. And if you'd ever told me that I would be crazy, I mean, my heart would go like this, at the sight of an 82-year-old Parkinsonian, I couldn't have believed it, but it's the way it is, and that is totally God. That's totally God. I love him, and I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to call him after I finish here and ask him if he's taken his medicine. I have to allow Bill the dignity to walk out God's plan in his life. I'm, I'm not. I won't ask him. I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't, I won't. I came to the meeting and I said, you know, Bill has Parkinson's and, and I'm trying to make him do this and that and take his medicine. They said, Jenny, you didn't cause it. You can't cure it. You can't control it. And they said, let's go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. It's easy once you know. You never could. You never would. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. As I say, I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, oh, and speaking of miracles, and then I'm going to close. Speaking of miracles, uh, remember those two daughters that were so concerned about their father's drinking? Well, they came to their Al-Anon meetings and then decided that perhaps they were in the wrong place. And uh, both of them have eight years, and one is here. Uh, both have eight years in the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. And Julia, would you stand, please? Come on, Julia. <laughs> so, that's, I thank you. Do you understand why I'm crazy about alcoholics? I would rather be here than any place. I love you, and I thank you for this. And thank you for that you were there when Julia needed the doors to be open and the lights on. 
So in closing, and this is a closing that we read at every Al-Anon meeting, and for those of you that haven't attended, I thought perhaps I would just go through these, I think they're 10 or 11 sentences. In closing, I would like to say that the opinions expressed here were strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you liked and leave the rest. If there's something you heard that you didn't approve of or didn't like, leave it here. Don't worry about it. Don't take that home and chew on it. You know, take, drag it into your cave, as Julia would say, and chew on it. Don't do that. If there's something you heard like joy or hope or something, put that under your pillow and think about that tonight. Take what you like and leave the rest. The things you heard were spoken in confidence and should be treated as confidential. Keep them within the walls of this room or the confines of your mind. And a few special words to those of you who haven't been with us long. Is Marlene here? Who's here for their first time? Oh, there's Marlene. Hi. You know, Marlene, who else is here for their first time? First time? First time? Anybody here? Well, Marlene and I met. And so, Marlene, you know you and I could go out and have coffee together, and I could tell you things that I can't talk about with my sister. And we would understand each other completely. I know that. So a few special words to those of you who haven't been with us long. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If you try to keep an open mind, you'll find help. You'll come to realize that there's no situation too difficult to be lessened, to be lessened. Yes, and no unhappiness too great. No, no, no situation too difficult to be bettered, and no unhappiness too great to be lessened. And here come my three favorite words. We aren't perfect. What a relief. We aren't perfect. The welcome you, we give you may not show the warmth we have in our hearts for you, but after a while you'll discover that though you may not like all of us, you'll love us in a very special way, the same way we already love you. So talk to each other, reason things out with someone else, but let there be no gossip or criticism. And I thought that gossip meant talking ugly about somebody, but it doesn't. It means when Julia calls me, we don't talk about Clarissa, we talk about Julia. And when Clarissa calls me, we talk about Clarissa and not about Julia. It's just not talking about somebody else when they're not there. Oh, did she make her car payment? Is she in love? You know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, what color is her hair? You know, all that stuff. Let there be no gossip or criticism of one another. Instead, let the understanding, love, and peace of the program grow in your hearts one day at a time. And so now it's time for me to sit down, and I'm getting that feeling again. So I'm just going to say goodbye, and thank you so much. Glory. Thank you. <laughs>